0: Hello there, and I am so thrilled to have each of you join us. My name is Amber Griffiths, the maker of legends. Yes, really. And it is that time again. So grab your legend pack, crank that speaker to 11. Welcome to Legend. This is the Get Real, Get Loud with Purpose podcast, and it's a series of conversations that explore the dreams and visions of individuals who know that their message, their story, and their movement, it's destined to create something greater than themselves. And each of our guests have chosen to leap into speaking and owning their voice, and they're here to share that with each of you. So today we are speaking with Elisa Bogarts. Welcome, and thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here absolute yeah. thrill I, I know it's not fun yeah. <laughs> I absolutely love the work I get to do and part of that is because I get to speak with brilliant people like yourself so we're yeah. going to get some of this housekeeping out of the way the really critical stuff and then we're going to get into the conversation but share with us who you are what you do and who are those people you most love to serve
1: uh, yeah, I'm Elisa Bogart. I'm the founder of Inspiration by Elisa. Um, I'm a transformational speaker and a certified health and life coach, and I specialize in confidence. And I want nothing more than to empower people through self-confidence, to make a positive change in their lives so that they can be happy. I love everybody to be happy, like, just like you doing the work that we're here to do. And my passion is to help people to confidently be themselves and put themselves first so that they can start going after what they really want in their lives, you know, and really create this life fulfilled. And um, over the years, I've developed this huge toolkit of ways to increase self-confidence for myself, so I could achieve my goals and what I wanted out of my life. And so then I, you know, people have said to me, like, oh, like, I see you as confident. And I was like, am I? Like, oh, I guess I am. (laughs) Like, how am I that? You had to really think about it. And so I created through that, I created this, the confidence method, which is like a 10 step system. So I can coach my clients through these skills to help them go after what they want uh, with confidence and do it so much
0: faster than I ever did. Oh, excellent. And I think it's interesting how so many entrepreneurs and speakers find that thing that they struggled most with and went, wait, I know how to do this. I have a system. I can help people. I can, if I share this, if I get loud with purpose, we can all do better together, it, yes. it actually, you answered one of my first questions, which is, is this something about with self-confidence? Is that something you've struggled with or people in your life close to you have struggled with what, what was it that flipped you to, okay, I, maybe I'm not as confident as I think I am. Maybe I do need to do some work here. Um,
1: yeah, I think it was through my own journey. I think that throughout life, it's really been this sort of up and down roller coaster. I really think confidence comes and goes, you know, like, especially if we're trying something new, we can feel really not so confident. Uh, but when we get the hang of things, we can feel more confident. And sometimes, um, and even with self-confidence, sometimes I'd be like, no, I feel good about my life right now. And then, you know, life throws you a curveball, and you end up somewhere else. And, and like, you know, I can think about that with like 10 years ago when I actually, no, 20 years ago <laughs> where I like knew what I wanted, <laughs> but I didn't know that I could like go after it. You know, I, I, I was, in meant, um, going against the status quo and meant, you know, like no longer ticking all those boxes of life of everything I was supposed to be doing, you know, and just kind of like throwing it all away and doing what I wanted to do. And then fast forward 10 years from there, I um, was at rock bottom and I had like moved, I'd moved to London, England. So it was like a foreign country and everything was unfamiliar. And I like, it was, I didn't, uh, I was heartbroken. I had no money. I had nowhere to live. I didn't have a job. I didn't really know anybody. And so from there, I was like, oh, this is, you know, I really felt not confident in my, in my own self-confidence and, and w- what I wanted out of my life. And from there, I was able to re- rebuild my life from the ground up, which is an like, amazing opportunity. And then fast forward another 10 years, I find myself back in Vancouver, Canada, in my hometown, and I find myself miserable again. It's like, what's going on? You know, but this time it was like a specific area of life. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, now I can change that. And that actually was to do with um, making this transition that I'm currently in um, of, of switching careers and, and getting out of the corporate job and project management and moving into uh, full-time coaching.
0: I have so many more questions now. <laughs> I, <laughs> I was like, quite the journey. <laughs> oh my goodness. Okay. So first of all, London, how did you choose London? If you were living, were you living in Vancouver at the time and decided to go to London?
1: I, um, well, so I have a uh, European passport um, and so I was like, I'm going to go live in Europe. So I actually, um, I was, uh, I was living in Amsterdam and then I decided to move to London from Amsterdam, but I went backpacking for seven months in between. Um, So that's why I was like broke when I got there.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's amazing how backpacking, which is such an inexpensive thing, can actually just drain any account you used to have. (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> or you I think that it. when you get to the new location like I just because I just kind of showed up with my backpack right and uh and was like oh I'll get a job you know in the beginning I was all pee about what I wanted to do and it's like okay yeah so you are like oh I have money to last me I'll get a job within like a month but like it's really hard when you don't know anyone or have any connections or
0: yeah well, absolutely that actually brings up something I when I speak to my people I I tell them legends are not made on their own that's not how it works. And you talk about being alone and, and that kind of takes your self-confidence, right? So it's like, we need our community. We need our people. Like, who are you locking arms with at this point? I mean, if you're, if you're going back and forth between, you know, you're changing careers, who do you have, who have you chosen to be in your space that, that has your back, that, that can support you? How do you make those decisions? Uh, with the people that I want to be with? Yeah. Yeah. How do you decide, you know what? You are not, you're no longer helpful to me. You've, you've served your purpose. You were great for that time in this new adventure. I need X, Y, and Z. So how do you determine those people?
1: I think I I, I think of how I feel when I'm with them. So Mm. sometimes I, I will actually like evaluate that. And I wish I could remember there was an exercise I did and it was called the three E's. It was like Ease was one of them. Like, do you feel at ease with this person? I can't remember what the other two are. Um, but I did that. I remember like made a list of people close to me. And it was like, you know, when I'm with this person, how do I feel? Like, do I actually leave the interaction with them feeling not so great? Or do I feel like I get peer pressure into anything? Or do I find myself kind of avoiding them? Like that's sort of what happened when I um when I moved back to Vancouver. I kind of just like fell back into my old life, old life that i had left 11 years before to like, kind of get rid of, you know, and I, and all of a sudden I was like around in this sort of, I felt like to me, yeah, people that weren't aligned with who I was. Cause I changed so much in those 11 years, right. And this huge journey of all this traveling and I, why well, I wasn't the same person. Of course they weren't the same people, but we were trying to kind of make it work. And it was just like, you know what, this, this isn't working to me, but it took a while because of course, coming back, I was like, okay, well, I'm just going to be friends with who I was friends with before. Right. And, um, That's yeah, so really, yes, right? right. And it was easy and you could just fall right back into mm-hmm. their life. And I just kind of got swept up into their life. And then I was like, this isn't the life that I want. Like I wasn't doing <laughs> these things. Like, how did I get back here? Right. Because it's so easy. And I really had to, yeah, I had to think about how I felt when I was with them. And if I was just like, oh, I I don't feel good. Like I didn't have an interaction or that wasn't as so much fun as I thought it was going to be, or You know, there's always drama. There's always like an argument or whatever it may be. And it's just like, okay, I think I might just need to to
0: let that go. And yeah, uh, plus and release, right? It's, I totally get that in my, in my adventures as an entrepreneur and in my personal life, there's been that, well, I've been a part of this networking group for so long and I, I feel like I've outgrown it, but then I feel like a snob because, oh my goodness, I've outgrown them. Like, how is that? What is that? And how do I let go of these people? And yet taking that leap is is so healthy, it's so cathartic. And truly me being in their space with the energy that I was giving out, that wasn't healthy for them either. You know, Mm -hmm. it was it really was that this is going to be better for everybody if I just move on. If I just go ahead and grow my direction, there's no judgment here, just we're just gonna part ways. So it makes a little bit more sense. I feel the same. I
1: feel I'm kind of in that place right now because a lot of the um like my coach friends that I'm friends with, I feel Mm -hmm. like I'm kind of um like maybe excelling in my business faster than they are and so I want to start surrounding my people who are also in my kind of like same level now or even the ones that are above me so I can like strive towards them where I feel like with them I'm the one's kind of pulling them up and so yeah I'm kind of in that place right now where I'm like do I need to move on from them or like or or how do I want that relationship to shift because maybe we could just be friends
0: you know as opposed to um like working together and talking right instead of connecting every single day let's chat once a year let's get together for a sandwich and not be reliant upon each other to really yeah. motivate each other. I, mm-hmm. I completely hear you. I think a lot of entrepreneurs go through that as in the, through their growth in their business and in personal life. I, in looking through who you are and inviting you onto the show, I discovered that you are a scrum master or have experience in being scrum. I, my spouse is a certified scrum master. And so this household has become a scrum household. <laughs> and <laughs> as much as it doesn't apply to me, it so completely doesn't. He's in the technology and health industry. So tell me with your experience with the scrum, I'm just fascinated by the way this practice is being put into corporate. Tell me when you are working with professionals who are dealing with self-confidence issues, how does that skill set come into play in helping them get past their blocks? What does that look like? Mm. Oh,
1: very good question. Like, how do I kind of bring my coaching into the scrum master? Yeah.
0: What's yeah. How do you, yeah. How do you bring your skill set as a scrum master into, okay, people, we have self-confidence issues. Let's, let's address this. Let's talk about it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Cause with scrum every, uh, so usually you usually work in these two week cycles uh, or sprints and at the end of it, uh, you have a retrospective. So we actually sit down and talk about it. Like, What went well? What didn't go well? And what are our actions? And I find that that, especially as a scrum master facilitating that meeting, I always have to kind of be like, okay, because sometimes people just want to complain, right? Or they want to like talk about it or sort of be the Debbie Downer, what have you. And so you, you know, you see them, you hear them, and it's like, okay, well, what are we going to do about this? How can we move forward? What's an action that we can take? How can we improve so that you know, in the next two weeks, we can talk about those little steps that we made to make it better? And so I always try to. yeah, listen to them, and I and I and I be neutral as well, and and listen to them, and then try to get, bring a positive thing, and then take action is really what I try to do with that, and um and see if how we can support each other, um you know because sometimes maybe people just feel a bit isolated. It's like okay, well, should we have some type of like jam session, or should we have like a little social thing on like a Friday afternoon, or you know what can we do, like what fun thing can we do, or do we have to have like you know, every two weeks we should have like a games hour or something where we just get together and play online games and, um, yeah, just trying to see what they need and really just listening to them and, uh, and, and reviewing it every two weeks. Right. And then going back be like, Hey, last retro, we talked about this, you know, like, how are we feeling with that? Did people do their actions? Like, is there improvement? And usually even then, like you don't, um, Sometimes I have to ask it, but then sometimes you can see the translation. So what we used to be, Ooh. this is not working. And then all of a sudden it comes into the positive side of the retro, right? And they're like,
0: what's working well? This is working well now. And I'm like, yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so excited when I see that. <laughs> I love it. I think that's one of the best things about the retrospective is we get to celebrate the process. We are not where we want to be yet. And honestly, as entrepreneurs and speakers, are we ever really like, there's always something new to do some new audience to go and engage with and move. So being able to celebrate those in those smaller increments, I think is one of the greatest things that has come out of that. Yeah. Yeah. I love it.
1: I love it. I think it's really good as well to do. Yeah. A retrospective for yourself as an entrepreneur, you know, even if you mm. launched a program, what went well, what didn't go well. You just finished like a challenge or like a group you know, six week thing or even with a client, even at the end of every session that I have, you gotcha. know, what was good about that? What could I do differently? Or like what question maybe could I have asked differently? And and but be very like, you know, kind and gentle with yourself and, right. and be like, this is about incremental improvement. Like, let's get
0: better and better. This isn't about beating yeah. yourself up. Yes. It's those small steps that just, like you said, change one thing at a time, right? It's that scientific method of, if you change too many things to, and, and get too big, you're not going to be able to tell what went well. I I know when I was first launching my business, people were talking to me about the rinse, repeat. And I've realized over the last 10 years, rinse, repeat isn't doesn't cut it. You have to rinse, repeat, iterate. And that change process, that's where that retro comes into play. What actually worked, what didn't? Because if you're just rinse and repeating, you're just throwing. The same thing in a different wall, and you have no idea what's working. So how can you actually build that? The other thing that I think, when you were talking about the getting together and talking about it, and, and I love the idea of the game day, um, happy hour, virtual happy hour is a thing. I think that's you know, if we're going to come on and play video games or or have some kind of an online, um, I think there's Jackbox TV, is a really great online. Everybody can jump on and do it. It can hold, you know, 40 people. So it's really easy to connect like that. And I think that level of momentum really does help their confidence because that when you take, when you stop moving forward, when you lose that momentum, that tanks confidence. So I think you're right in that moving forward continually, that's going to build confidence like crazy. I think that's so wonderful. I love it. I have one more question about what you're creating, but I do have to ask you this question because I am such a food snob. And I w- when I went to London, I'm like, my kingdom for a salad. I could not find a green salad for anything. And yet I had the best fish and chips. I know it's stereotype, but like little hole in the wall place. There were probably eight tables. Like you watch the locals come in, like I have found my happy place. So as you are doing these retros, as you are changing your life in such big ways, moving across the world, changing continents, how are you celebrating and with what food? What is your, I am celebrating food. Is it super fancy? Is it eating in your jammies and it's just comfort food? What does that look like for you?
1: Uh, yeah, it's my, it's my, my favorites, my comforts, I would say even now, like when I go back to visit, if I go like, like whenever I usually do London and Amsterdam, I can see both of them. And in Amsterdam, it's always this like one Fried drop. is like this, this fry place. And again, it's like a hole in the wall. It's not even seats. You just go and you get your thing with the fruit sauce <laughs> like that. And, and yes. And, and, um, fish and chips in London. Um, and even, oh, like a Sunday roast can be really good. When I was in London, I did this. Um, so my work, they had all these different types of clubs and there was one called the rambling club. And it was actually like people who were either retired, like 60 plus so it was hilarious. And it was basically countryside walking. So you'd meet at a train station, you'd take a train out somewhere and you do this sort of loop and come back to the train station. It would kind of take all day and someone would lead it and you would go through like forest and greens. It was beautiful. And we'd always walk to a pub. And then we'd walk back to the train station and the pub was so, in some country, like remote. And it was they it, it was always on a Sunday and we had these amazing Sunday kind of meals with Yorkshire pudding. <laughs>
0: oh my goodness. And now I'm hungry. <laughs> That event sounds amazing. I think it's part of why I love food so much. Is not just the food. Is it when it's around an event, when there's an experience attached to it, right? Like I can sit somewhere and I'm a tater top person. Like anybody who knows me, I'm a tater top girl. But if I can involve people and if there's an experience attached, then that's what makes it memorable to me. And that train loop. Oh, that sounds fun. You should see your face when you talk about it.
1: It was so great, yeah. They all thought that I was amazing because they were like, Who is this, like, young <laughs> woman with us from Canada with her accent? And then we just basically it was a walk to the pub and back <laughs> that took like eight hours. It was great, I
0: loved it. Oh, was spectacular, I absolutely love that. <laughs> Before I let you go back to the wild and, and get back into your routine of the world, you mentioned a 10 step process. Is there, as you are working with people, to instill that confidence and really create those tools and that skill set to? maintain that confidence when they're doing what they're doing is there a particular one of those steps that you really love or what is that one piece of advice that you would share with the listeners that if you get nothing else this is what i want you to take away from today
1: um i would say that change takes time and so we need to be patient with ourselves and yeah be kind and gentle uh it really like it's that 1%, it's that one little step and celebrating each of those steps. Cause sometimes we think that success is just the end result. Oh, like it happens when I, when I get it, but really success is every step of the way into like we were saying, celebrate it. And um, yeah. And, and I, yeah, that's what I would say that it takes time and um, and set yourself up for success. One of my steps I, of the 10, but like being a project manager, you know, I'm such a super organized planner person. It's like one of my superpowers. And so, um, because the confidence, the 10 steps is the word confidence. It's like an acronym that I've created. And so the O is, uh, organize yourself. And, ah. uh, and so I, I kind of bring in my, my, my tips about organizing. And so I tell people to, um, like create systems for everything and um, like set reminders and put stuff in your calendars. And so you don't forget anything. You can always keep on top of everything. And one of the biggest things with organizing yourself is to become a master of single tasking, you know, focusing Mm. on one thing and working on that for a set amount of time, you know, put, do not disturb on, put a timer on. This is what I'm doing. And like, do not let yourself get distracted. And then at the end of the time, you know, see if you need to keep working on it or not.
0: So. Oh my goodness. That is a whole other conversation that we get to have together, Lisa. I am (laughs) a firm believer in single tasking. I set up what I call legend bursts that completely support that one task for that moment. And it's not about how much time or how much you get done. It's, this is what I'm doing. And it's just so about that focus. Okay. We have to have a whole other conversation about it. That's, (laughs) that's what I've decided. We will have part two of this. (laughs) I, just thank you so much for taking your time to be with us today. I really truly appreciate that, Alisa. Thank you.
1: It's so much fun. Thank you so much for having me. And uh, yeah, continue
0: making legends. I, uh, <laughs> it's it's what we do. It's it's what we live for. I have been speaking today with Alisa Bogart, and I want to thank her for being here and sharing her authentic voice. There have been so many brilliant gems dropped throughout, so I hope at least one of them finds its way into your heart and inspires you to take action today. So until I get to speak with any of you again, thank you so much. And as always, rock on.